Hello, welcome to the Agency Boss Star Center. I'm your host, Rob. I'm joined by the Twitch chat that you can see here. Uh, today, we're going to be looking through all the event results from around the world. Around the world. We have four events from Italy, Canada, America, France, uh, England. Uh, today, uh, five events, five events, I think, uh, from all around the world. So if uh, here's a Twitch chat. Uh, I do normally do this on a Monday, but I was traveling back from the US on Monday, and so I've recorded this on a Friday. Uh, the stats you can find on thehonestwargamer.com. I know the stats are a little bit uh, out of date. We have over 56 events currently being uploaded into the stats. So when they are done, I will let you know. Before we deep dive into this information, don't forget you can check out the stats there as well as the TSN player rankings. Uh, you can support the, uh, the stats by, like, there's a coffee link if you want to do that. You can support my show by joining Patreon. Um, and as always... Uh, my love to everyone in the world who is attending events and playing events. You're all wonderful people. Final note, as I promised last week, if I do read any lists that contain an incarnate, it will just be an incarnate list. I'm sorry. That's how it works. Okay, with that said, let's get on to the event. Okay, so the first event we're going to look at is the Justice Series GT, which happened in Liverpool. This is in the UK, and it had over 90 players attending. Now, the Justice Series is held at Just Play, or no, actually, a venue next to Just Play, which, again, is a gaming store located in Liverpool. Richie, who runs it, is one of the members of Team England. He's also just a super sound bloke. Uh, in fact, uh, this event sold out, and it was so successful, and people were so happy with it, that he actually has put on two more for next year. Uh, so the Justice Series GT, there's going to be one in spring on the 25th and 26th, of March and one in autumn uh, on October the 14th and 15th so uh, if you do want to go to either of those two events um, I haven't personally been um, but I know for a fact that uh, oh, oh no actually that's not true I went to one like three years ago before COVID uh, and I did stream in there and they're both the both the gents looked after me on the day they did put us in uh, some ropey conditions in the evening I'm not gonna lie <laughs> but in the day they looked after us and they were super sound uh, so you've got the opportunity to go and you should go so in the 5-0 bracket we've got two names uh, one who's very well known and one who's definitely an up-and-comer so Dan Bradshaw took it out on the big 5-0 uh, so he top of the 5-0 bracket with Freddie Leggett also in the 5-0 bracket both players playing Beasts of Chaos now Beats of Chaos in uh, by far the second best army. I think Nurgle Flies are still better, uh, specifically like in the game, uh, that are defeatable by taking a 40-point horror gas, which no one does, which is, I think, hilarious. Um, but there you go. So... Uh, so yeah, the, they both went 5-0. Now, Dan uh, should be no surprise. He's a member of Team England, who obviously won the AOS Championships last year, um, but also uh, has gone 5-0 again recently with Beast of Chaos, maybe, um, and also did several times last year, um, and also did really well at the TSN UK event, uh, winning it uh, with, uh, again, Beast of Chaos. Uh, so no doubt uh, that Dan is a player of, of loads of skill, um, and you would expect him to push one of the strongest armies in the game around to a high 4-1 and as you can see here a 5-0 so congratulations now um, <laughs> thanks I'm a bunny I hope you're well uh, but Freddie now Freddie's really interesting Freddie's kind of like a, a post-COVID gamer uh, maybe he was playing before and if he was I'm sorry but Freddie's done amazingly well with a variety of armies using a load of different units time and time again um, definitely uh, a big proponent of early Palador use that we saw in Cities of Sigma and has quite often used lists that are his own so really excited to see uh, Freddie uh, go 5-0 as well again a super strong army I have like 
there's no arguments there. But Freddie also is kind of matching that skill level now. Um, and I would really expect him to be someone that you would see maybe in the national team. Or if there was a team event coming up soon, Freddie would be one of my, like, it'd be Big Phil, Freddie, um, uh, who would be like the top of like the new wave of people who would be like first up that I'd be like picking on to, to pick in a team, basically. Uh, so, you know, there you go. Um, so well done to him. Now, looking at the lists, uh, Dan was using uh, some Skyfires. I know Dan came in the chat uh, the other day when I was doing a Zine interview. He said Skyfires were good. He's actually wrong 100%. Uh, but what he wanted to prove is that you could play 600 points down uh, in a Beast of Chaos army. So he took three units of uh, Skyfires, as you can see, uh, mainly just to stand around and do nothing. Um, while his Dragon Ogre Shagoth, who was his general with the Arcane Tome, uh, then he had two, three units of six Dragon Ogres, 250 points for 30 wounds on a four up save that rally on a four plus is pretty amazing uh, and then he had six zangor enlighten on discs of uh, uh on discs these are phenomenal units especially the new war scroll i'd actually say the new war scroll is better than the old war scroll that's pretty much how i feel about it i think it's a better war scroll uh, it's got more utility in turning off command abilities in range um and its output is more consistent because you don't have to let the opponent go first right um so yeah big fan uh, the, yeah, like I think the new War Scroll is... There's a lot of conversation about it, but I think uh, ultimately it's ended up as a side grade and then maybe a side upgrade as well. So, great unit, uh, and it's 360 points cheaper than the Skyfires, which are just like there as as chaff. Uh, then two units of 10 Ungor. Uh, so how's the army work? It's just a big summoning engine, as always. Uh, you just summon a lot of... Uh, it's amazing how much summoning you can actually get from a Beast of Chaos army. I reckon that you're comfortably putting down 1,000 points a game. Uh, or close to a thousand points, which is pretty problematic uh, to play against, truthfully, especially when then they're rallying. So it, it's kind of odd. You feel like you're playing against a death army like uh, Nagat, like you, like you know, with the resing. But the resing that these guys have is just way better. Like it's just way stronger. If you can get a dragon ogres down to one dragon ogre, then they're going to inspire and presence it, and then they're going to rally half of those back. So either two or three back, putting ten to fifteen wounds back into the unit. It's crazy good, um, and. That's why we see it do really well. In Freddy's list, slightly different. He went for Gav Spawn. He had a Beast Lord, a Dragon Ogre Shagoth, a Dragon Ogre Shagoth, and a Great Bray Shaman. Then he had two units of six Dragon Ogres, so very much like Dan's. Uh, three units of ten Ungor. And then he had two units of five Centigors, 20 Bestigor, and then a Mindstealer's Pharynx. And then just to really prove you don't need that 600 points, uh, he took a Jabba Slythe and a Saigor as well in his list. Now, one of the things that you can really see here is that the core of this army, so Dragon Ogre Shagoth with some Dragon Ogres, is the same. And then it's just like, just just pay for flavor, basically. Um, but it's fun seeing Freddy really mix it up with a Jabba Slythe and a Saigor. So, um, yeah, just fantastic. And as we've seen from the Slaves of Darkness League, thanks Oosterdun in the chat for just pointing it out, with a four-up rally being so effective, four-up rally took Slaves uh, took Beast of Chaos from one of the lowest-performing armies in the game to one of the best-performing armies in the game from literal zero to hero with a four-up rally. Slaves to Darkness, who are currently sat around a 48% win rate, are about to be pushed up with a 4 rally in their new battle tone when it comes out, as per the leaks. Crazy. My personal suggestion is they stop giving it out to different armies, but, um, like, there we go. Anyway, let's go look at the 4-1. Okay, we're going to look at the 4-1s. Before we do this, yeah, we should talk about Think Before You Skink in the chat, who just donated £15 to the show, who won Best Sports. This is Mark Colwell, won Best Sports at the event. 
Finger guns in the air. Well done, Mark. Okay, look at the 4-1s, though. Big Phil Marshall went on a 4-1, which at this point is disappointing. That's right, I'm going to say it. Phil Marshall is a solid 5-0 player. That's just where he lives now. 4-1 is easy for Phil Marshall. 4-1 is just where he lives. Yeah? This is... I wouldn't... If I was Phil Marshall, I wouldn't get out of bed for a 4-1 nowadays. He only 5-0s, right? Only. Okay? That's it, right? Uh, he was running Knights of the Empty Throne, uh, which was Knights of the Empty Throne times six. So this is Varangard. Four wins and a draw. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a loss. Four wins and a draw. Undefeated. Okay. Never mind. Not disappointing. He's back, baby. Yeah? 4-1 is his home. That's where he lives. Yeah? Man is unstoppable, right? He, he needs a Smurf account. Correct. He needs to play, like, a lower event. Like, he needs to... I don't know. He needs to play very weak armies. Um, anyway, so Legion of the First Prince, not Legion of the First Prince, goddamn. Knights of the Empty Throne, Knights of the Empty Throne, Varangard, they come in a unit of six, um, and then you can pile in and attack twice with them. Obviously, they've got the Grasping Plate, which means you can't retreat from them, and Inescapable Doom, uh, which means that they can pile in from six inches while within six inches. Um, then he's got another unit of six, Chaos Social Lord, Chaos Social Lord, Iron Golems, times four, Mind Sealers, Pharynx, and a War Shrine. I don't know, if, did you borrow this off Toby, or did you get this yourself? Anyway, just... Um, four one Phil, we need the T-shirt. Yeah, four will. Four one is my home. Is what it should say on his T-shirt. Uh, and then some iron golems. Um, if this is the first time you've tuned in, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to make a list architect thing on this uh, soon. Uh, that's one of the bits of content I'm going to start making. Uh, but in short, um, they've all got really good armor saves and they reroll their saves and they do loads of damage. Really easy. Okay, so well done to him, Piotr Kowalski, who is from. Poland and is the captain of the Polish national team. We took Dorza Kane and he took Marathi Kane, an Iron Scale, nine Shadow Stonkers, ten Witch Elves, a Cronspine Incarnate of Gur, and 15 Bow Snakes. 15 Bow Snakes, Cronspine, Marathi. Dan Arnold. <laughs> I reckon. A child could play with that. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon an actual child below the age of like eleven could play with that list. Is what I think. But obviously, Piotr is a Piotr is an amazing player who plays at a very high level. He doesn't need to do that, right? Oh yeah, and it's a Crunchbine list. Correct. Yeah, we don't do those anymore. Hold on, let me check. Okay, next up, Dan Arnold. One of the Welsh international players uh, was taking Stormcaster Tunnel's Hallow Knights. He had Guard of Steel Soul, five up ward save. Knight Draconis with a Master of Magic and the Arcane Tome. If they get nerfed soon, I'm going to be, I'm going to literally throw a party, right? Four Storm Drake Guard, two times two Storm Drake Guard, five Tree Revenants as allies, which is a nice hot pick. Then the Horogast on the spell, which is really nice as well. Yeah, so, um, uh, like, so good. Horogast, great into Beast of Chaos. Storm Drake Guard, just great, 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 great. Uh, any of them in? Oh, they're all, all in a battle reg, so he gets the choice to go first. Thanks to Crib Slacker for donating £76 and 37p. Oh, for the roof fund. That got us on to 69.69%. And then he says he's a child. Well, I'm a child. Thanks for doing that. Sorry, YouTube thugs. Uh, we had YouTube thugs. We had a leak in the uh, roof and it was going to break and I wasn't going to be able to make YouTube content anymore um, and need repairing. And it was thanks to the Twitch chat that we're going to be able to repair the roof. So YouTube thugs, you owe the Twitch chat your enjoyment. So thank you to you. Um, 
my appreciation and love. Right, okay, so Dan Arnold, just great human, took dragons, great job. Uh, by the way, just for everyone at home, you know how everyone in the chat, not everyone, you know how, uh, you know how uh, everyone was upset about the League of Votan nerf? Dragons got like a double nerf before they were even released and they're still viable today. Uh, James Sinsdale, uh, a member of the Just Play Boys, and also uh, a Team England player and also world champion. Congratulations to him. Uh, Castelli Dynasty, White King on Skeletal Steed, Cadrio Ezekiel, the Hollow King. This guy, uh, it was Greg in the chat who put me onto this guy. This guy's like a, he's kind of like a, oh, he's the thing that we were talking about loads in America. He's a duelist. Okay, so a unit role, what I sometimes describe, uh, which I've started to describe is something... There is a cool unit role in Age of Sigmar which we don't see enough War Scrolls fulfill. It's a foot melee character or the duelist role. There's some really great uh, characters that fit that role. Uh, I think the uh, Gotrek doesn't really fit into that. He's kind of like a monster, something special, unique. But the Light of Altharian, Sigvald, and Kadio Azekiar are definitely ones that fit into there. Yeah, those are kind of definitely duelists, which I love. I love a good duelist. And I would really wish that they would write some more duelist characters in the game. Um, thank you to Bad Guy with a Gargant for donating a pound to the show. <laughs> Uh, Shalaxi is not actually a duelist. Shalaxi is awful. Uh, Shalaxi should kind of be like a duelist to beat duelists, but um, it just never never happened. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Kato fits into that and is, as I described, a, a duelist. Uh, Manfred von Karstein as a monster duelist. It's a melee monster character. Uh, and then Radikar the Beast, who's an on-foot, and I guess duelist as well in some ways. I think Kato may be a little bit better because he could spike damage higher. But Radikar also is able to summon some direwolves. So it's 315 point price tag is actually a lot lower because you can summon them. Redicast is like a really good buy-in. Uh, four units of five Blood Knights, 20 Dead Walker Zombies and some Felbats uh, with Chronomantic Cogs. The Felbats is really fun. Although I, I, you definitely could have fit, changed that for an end of spell. I would have definitely put Horrorgast in there, um, but I'm sure maybe the Felbats were useful. Obviously, I didn't get four on this list and he did, so congratulations. Uh, great list. I really think Soblight Gravelords... Oh, by the way, uh, Soblight Gravelords currently don't have a particularly high win rate, um, but I think that they're one of the stronger lists in the game. My reason... So I saw someone in the chat the other day, I think it might have been Simon Weekly in, in the South London Legion, shout out to those, ask me why. Oh, no, just ask generally why. Okay. Uh, Soblight Grave Lords were pre the battle, uh, the Galette battle pack, a great army for holding the primary, specifically because of zombies being very strong. Went backed up with some of their other characters. Yeah, Grave Guard also kind of did that job as well. Uh, but obviously, because you get extra bonus damage against Galician veterans, which currently zombies are, they kind of go away. I did. If you go back and listen, if you go back and listen to the Soblight Grave Lords book, yeah. Um, yeah, if you go back and listen to the Soblet Grave Lords book review, you'll hear me talk about the fact that there's going to be like three army builds, like a Monster Masher list, which we saw Greg play really well, uh, and also Leo Rotunan play really well, which was uh, kind of Nagash, uh, Vampire Lord, Zombie Dragon, uh, and then all Vordry, and then also, um, I forget his name right now, the, the minus one rend monster, whatever the hell that is. Um, uh, so we saw that happen and be in play. And we've also seen uh, the kind of zombie spam and bodies on the board build. This iteration of Age of Sigmar, the Blood Knights are just fantastic because they start on a three-up armor save, which is just very, very good because an all-out defense for a Mystic Shield means you've already got a two-up armor save. There's some rend. Like, we've talked about save stacking in the game, uh, and save stacking was a real big issue at the start of Age of Sigmar 3. And it's still a big issue. 
haven't really got away from it. Beast of Chaos got a load of rend. So if you get into a Beast of Chaos, they've got the rend available. But everyone else is like, rend one, rend two max? Like, you don't really have the option. And now, because we're losing Purple Sun, people... Uh, yes, the Vengori Lord, sorry. That was the monster I was talking about. Um, because we've got, the, we're in this situation now where you don't have as much rend again because no one's taking Purple Sun as much, which used to reduce your armor save down. Blood Knights are even better. Um, so yeah, like, uh, and then also, yeah, it's a good point from Warhammer Rob. Rend is also a little bit superfluous when you go into Nighthorn. So if you decide, right, I'm going to tech into high armor save stuff and get big rend in my army at the cost of other utility, then you end up being like, well, this is useless into Nighthaunt, so you need waste, weight of dice attacks into Nighthaunt as well. Um, so, but the perfect unison of those, obviously, is reducing Rend and using uh, Zangor, which is the perfect blend of everything you could ever want. Thanks to Liz Trust for donating £1.44. Uh, I apologise that you only spent 44 days in office, but I really wish it had been zero days. Uh, I hope there's a general election. I hope the Tories get no votes ever again because they're monsters. Uh, okay, right, next uh, next thing, Stephen Mitchell. Oh, and if you're like, oh, I hate it when people are political, the Tories are monsters. They're responsible for people dying. That's a true fact. If you don't like it, please stop watching my shit. Uh, right, so Stephen Mitchell, uh, uh, yeah, uh, is was running Save Startless again, Knights of the Empty Throne, uh, and he had... Uh, how many? Nice Empty Throne, Viren Guard, times six, times six, Iron Golems, uh, Chaos War Shrine, Me and Steelers Franks. <gasps> the same list. That's fun. Big Phil Marshall and Stephen Mitchell running the same list. So, I mean, there's lots to say here, but effectively, three up armor save, re-rolling ones. Can we just talk about the fact that we've mentioned this a couple of times now? Blood Knights, three up armor save can get better. Uh, Saves of Darkness, three up armor saves can get better. These guys can re-roll ones. All doing really well. High rend. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, current prediction for the model for general election Tories is zero seats for Tories. Yeah, so they won't. Of course, no. That's. I mean, why would you? Why would you call if if it's proven that you won't get any power? Why would you possibly let the electorate vote? That's ridiculous. Um, you can get plus six to your save once per game. Amazing. Uh, I love that. I love that. That is going for the good good of the game. Um, I agree. Um, right, and now Fire Slayers, uh, Auric Runefather on Magmadroth. Oh, this was being run by More Than Misfits. This is Miss Math Mallow. Auric Runefather on Magmadroth, Rune Sun, Rune Master, uh, Rune Sun on Magmadroth, Magmadroth, Magmadroth. <laughs> it's a Cronspine list. Uh, he, was, he got me at the start. Math Mallow was running a Cronspine list. Any list that has one in is a Cronspine list. Simon Weekly was running his, uh, no, this is something Simon's been doing, uh, he's been running himself, his Sylvaneth list. So the Reaping, um, uh, he took Alariel, an Arch Revenant, three Kurnoth Hunters with Great Bows, two times three Tree Revs, three Revenant Seekers, Gossamid Archers, nice to see that in there as well. Spice Swarm Hive and Chronomantic Cogs. So the interesting bit here is he's got the War Singer Command Trait as opposed to the Spell Singer, which we see a lot. And he also doesn't have the uh, War Song Revenant. So the War Song Revenant we normally see with spell singer to cast spells through a tree to do mortal wounds um, at your opponent instead he's taking a lariel in a roll and he's got the war singer so the war singer is making it so lariel's got plus three to her move making her 19 inches which means she can charge in uh, sorry move up charge and then she can fight and fade so she can strike and fade away um uh like how does this uh Persia, look after yourself loads of love uh please stay healthy uh uh, and then Colonel Thunters uh, are just good bow men. 
that's it. Uh, tree revers bop around and go grab objectives. Revenant Seekers can return some of those Great Hunter, uh, Kurnoth Great Bows. And I think, um, if I'm right, the Seekers pretty much always do more damage than the Lancers, unless the Lancers are in Bounty Hunters. That's the only way the Lancers do more. The Gossip and Archers are a really interesting pick, because for 220 points, you've got an incredibly fragile skirmishing army, but they can run away on a 2+. So you charge in on a 2+, they run away. So they use, like, foxes were used to kind of block the board state. So you've got Alariel flying over, whomping something, flying back. Yeah. Then you've got the Gossamits holding the line as you keep doing that same process. And then you keep flying in. I wouldn't be surprised if the summon from Alariel is another three bow hunters. So you've got six bow hunters shooting at the back of the board, clearing some space for Alariel to charge, hit, do the damage, teleport away. And then everything does the same, basically. Um, so there we go. So that's time weekly. Uh, Joe Krasinski was running Soul Black Gravelords, Vordry, Manfred, Coven Throne, Blood Knights, Blood Knights, Death Rock Skeletons. Oh, no, he was running a Cron Spine list. Sorry, Joe. Uh, well done to you. Hope you did well. Uh, so well done to him. Uh, Gabe was running a Skaven list. Nice. And shout out to uh, Gabe, currently working on a picket uh, for the post office. So loads of love to you and everyone in the post office. Hope you get uh, everything you need. Uh, so Vermilor Deceiver, uh, Slink, Skittershank, Thankwall, uh, Gutter Runners, Gutter Runners, Night Runners, Night Runners, more Gutter Runners and Skittershanks, Claw Pack with Quicksilver Swords and the Walkline. Um, just a question for anyone who's watching, by the way, up until this point. Does anyone else end up uh, creating their own endless spells for each faction? I think that's one of those really creative things that we all uh, like we all get to do, which is really, really fun. I saw loads of really cool uh, endless spells at the event I was at at the weekend, mainly because I was in North America. North America can't buy any of the endless spells, so they mainly are kitbashing their own endless spells. And actually, it's really adding to the game system. Uh, hey, Doomler. Uh, hello, hope you're well. Um, it's just wonderful phenomenal stuff yeah i love doing it for each army yeah i gotta say like originally i was kind of like yeah i'll just do a generic set but i think i definitely would do them for each army now i think that that's actually really really fun um and i yeah i saw tristan's in person i saw some tomb king ones they were inspirational i saw some nurgle ones they were really cool um i honestly think it's the future and i think it's like a i think it's a really fun thing so i just thought i thought i'd mention it just thought I'd say as we go in. Uh, anyway, uh, Gutter Runners. So this is a really fun army because what it does effectively um, is it does a lot of like outflanking and deep striking with some pretty good spell, uh, sorry, pretty good range damage. Um, so also got the ability for the Vermilord Deceiver and Slink to very early alpha strike into your army to potentially take out some of the key synergy in your army. Or even if you don't take out key synergy to attack one of those units that are going to really threaten you at range. Um, let's say like Bow Snakes or um, uh, like Sentinels or something similar to that. So it's quite a nice, it's quite a nice like little army for dropping in and doing those things. And then you've got some real good combat from the Vermilor Deceiver and Thankwall. So you should be able to shut down your opponent's kind of ranged output, which gives you some options. And you might be able to pin them into your, their territory, which is really good for you because you don't have a lot of board presence like that will hold well. You do actually have a lot of board presence, but you don't have a lot of like objective holding, which I think is fun. Um, yeah, loads of output, loads of output range. I quite like it. It's just, it's just fragile basically. Uh, Max was running a, a Drowned Men, um, a Drowned Men uh, Nurgle army, uh, which had a lot of Afflictions, some Puskal Blight Lords uh, in a Battle Regiment. Uh, 
Uh, so, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> Paul Bowden was running Seraphon, Engine of the Gods, uh, Skink Priest, Star Priest, and, uh, and then 10 Skinks, two Stegodons, and then uh, three Chameleon Skinks with a Bacillon with Solar Engine and a Bacillon with the Arcosotec. Um I will do, no problem. Thanks, Phil. Uh, so, I mean, there's not loads to say here that I haven't said a thousand times now at this point. Uh, Thunder Lizard, so that all the damage coming in by one is reduced by one to a minimum of one to most of these units, Engine the Gods. It's a 265-point unit, which could comfortably be a 465-point unit and would probably still be worth it at that point's value. It's nuts. It's nuts that it's 265 points. Even if it goes up, by 50 points, that would be and that would be undercosted significantly. I think a good price for that is 400 points, just to give you some sort of indication of just how good it is. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. Skink priests uh, obviously buff uh, the skinks, uh, or even the Bastilodons, which are really good. The Bastilodons are really good for holding the opponent, especially the Archisotech version, 165 points for something with a one-up armor save that just tanks your opponent, especially when it can get heals uh, from things such as the Engine of the Gods, although it did take Curse in this situation. Um, and then Stegodons with the Sky Street Bows can just like keep chipping away. Three shots each that are damaged three. So uh, those Sky Street Bows potentially can do 18 damage at range just because of that. Um, Engine of the Gods is a bargain at 400. Yes. Yes. There'll be someone who's like, I don't agree with you, Rob. But all of the all of the tournament gamers are like, we all agree. That is correct. That is the way it works. Seraphon mm. uh, <laughs> are so good, they'll take you from 4-1 to 5-0. <laughs> and Phil Sprignall, now Phil also qualified as an architect this weekend. So he qualified as an architect. He got a coolest army nomination. And then he got, um, uh, yeah, coolest army nomination. He qualifies as an architect and he went 4-1 with his, uh, was it post LRL book? I think it was. I think the new LRL book. Uh, so he had a stone, two stone mages, an Avalon or the Stoneheart King. And if you haven't seen his army, he's green stuffed every single model. So they've got big flowy wind capes. Uh, so they're very kind of avatar esque. It's very cool. Uh, and Hurricane Wind Mage, a Cathalar, 15 Stone Guard, 10 Stone Guard, a 5 Stone Guard, and then 5 Dawn Riders, and another 5 Dawn Riders with Horrigast and the Rune of Petrification. I will be doing an LRL deep dive next week, but I'm going to be having a couple of people on the show to talk about it. Um, and so you should be able to tune in then. So I won't go into the detail on that right now. Uh, and this was the last event with the old LRL book. Okay, so that's good because that's how, how he's built his army anyway. Uh, so shout out to Phil on congratulations on qualifying. However, in the 3-2 bracket, Rob Hull, we don't normally talk about these, but Rob Hull, our AOS stats champion, along with Ziggy, yeah, but Rob, who puts in all the lists, did really well and went 3-2. Now, Rob rarely gets to play and has read every single Age of Sigmar 3 list that's come out to date. And so we're just celebrating him. He was taking a Scarlet Doom list with the Guardian Souls, Krugas Cruciate and Spirit Torment, 40 Blade Guys Revenants, and then two Chain Gas. And then he also took a Purple Fun, yeah, in his list as well. i got to say, I love Rob Hull. And that's his list. And he went to an event, and he went 3-2, and he's great. Well done to Rob. The next event we're going to look at is the Kippers Melee GT in 2022, happening in sunny, sunny Canada. And uh, this was in BC, so British Columbia. Uh, it was won by Matthias Crucial, who was running a Cronspine incarnate list. Okay, taking a look at the four ones. Uh, we've got some other stuff. So uh, Taylor Gogan was running a, a Cronspine Incarnate list. 
however, no, sorry, uh, that was Eric Armstrong was running a, a, an incarnate list. Um, but, oh no, I messed it up already. Um, uh, Taylor Guggen was running a cruel boys list. So he had a snatch of Boston Sludge Raker, a Swamp Caller Shaman, and another Swamp Caller Shaman, right? Uh, a, oh, it was a Cronspine list, sorry. So he also had it. So Taylor and Eric also had Cronspine lists. So they were in one, two, and three so far. Um, uh, Keel Screever was running a Fire Slayers Lofnir list. He had an Auric Smiter on Magma Droth, Runeson on Magma Droth, Runeson on Magma Droth, Runeson on Magma Droth. Runeson on Magma Droth. Now, a lot of people ask, how does this do so well? They're just really, really fighty. They're just like, they do big damage. They're super fighting a fight. They're just great. They're great. They're a great unit. They're super good. Um, they're very fighty. They do mortal wounds on you. They like bleed mortal wounds on you when you hurt them. They're just solid. They're a solid pick. Um, yeah, it's the bleed because they're 16 wounds each. Um, <laughs> thank you to Nurgle Matthew again for donating some about so much to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, every four up every time you wound them on a four up you take a mortal wound back so I think you take eight mortal wounds every time you kill one which is pretty significant when there's only 120 or so wounds in an Age of Sigmar army um, then we had Dale Johnson with a gloom spike gits list and I mean this is a massive news. He had a breaker boss on my brute tragoth loom boss on giant cave squake fungoid cave shaman and a madcap shaman he had a big squig herd some stabbers and another squig herd then he had two units of six Rockgut Trogoths and a Marsh Crawler Slogoth. Now, I don't really know what to say about this, apart from I think he's using the battalions really well. Specifically, Bounty Hunters, he's got his Squig Herd. He's two units of, sorry, he's two units of Squig Herd and his uh, Stabbers in Bounty Hunters. Um, oh, no, sorry, no, in Expert Conquerors. So he's got like a lot of bodies on objectives in Expert Conquerors. And then his Bounty Hunters are his Rockgut Trogoths, meaning they're damage Four damage three, damage four, um, into into other units. Marshall Slogoth giving a plus one to hit, which is really solid as well. Loombos Jai Cave Squig giving all the buffs out, um, and then the Breaker Boss of My Boat Trogoth is just super solid as well. This is one of the worst performing armies in the game, uh, and so doing so well here is really impressive. I've got to say that four up rally is hopefully coming in really helpful for the Squig Herd, which I know is quite useful. You can break coherency, do more wounds for the units running away, then rally them in the turn after, which is really fantastic uh but does require you to position the units really well and truckers are quite tough to deal with so uh congratulations to him so who was this again dale johnson you're our legend of the week uh josh steenablaba uh was running daughters of kane and he had a uh, blood rat medusa marathi um a unit of blood stalkers so 10 bow snakes a unit of 15 fighting snakes and another unit of 10 fighting snakes. Marathi makes one of these either shoot or fight in the hero phase and then they fight again, getting double activations out of them, which is just really solid. The Blood Rat Medusa makes them battle line. They've got a crazy threat range. They start out like a 32-inch threat range with the shooting, going into some really solid combat. Um, just good. Like, just a good, good list. Um, and just well done. Uh, Carson Sawatsky. Uh, yeah, Carson Swatsky was running a Cronspiny Uh So congratulations to everyone at the Kipper's Melee. I uh, hope you did well. hope you had a lovely time. And hello to everyone in Canada. hope you're good. So the next event is CastleCon. Super Secret CastleCon 2022. CastleCon was an invitational-only event run by the Tough Crowd, a wargaming group based out of the USA. Um, it was a wonderful event. I was lucky enough to be there. I played a spare player 
on the uh, Friday, undefeated, 3-0, with a list I never played, written that morning. Uh, just FYI, but <laughs> it was Nurgle, so it didn't really count. Uh, but it was Filthbringers, so three rock coven sorcerers, so at least it was a bit hipster and edgy, so don't get at me. Uh, anyway, um, it was an amazing venue, super lovely place, um, and it was uh, won by Mr. Jeremy Versier, uh, who was in his murder hobo stage of his life, uh, running, it says Daughters of Cain, and if this says Daughters of Cain, this is a lie. I'm hoping it then says, okay, well, none of this is true. He actually, uh, oh, there we go. Says it down here. So it's <laughs> secret. It says Daughters of Cain because his first match, he played a grudge where he had a Daughters of Cain off with another Daughters of Cain player. Uh, so Little Marathi is a name. So Marcelo, member of Team USA. Jeremy, the captain of Team USA and also the world's commissioner at the minute, um, then was was hammering, and I mean hammering, uh, Rosé Wine uh, while sporting some aviators and with a moustache that would make the gods weep, uh, then switched up to playing Fire Slayers for the rest of the event. And his Fire Slayer list was an Auric Rune Master, a Batsmith, an Auric Rune Son, three times five Auric Hearthguard, and then one, two, three, four, five, six Grimrath Berserkers, <laughs> Gotrek, and a Doomseeker. Okay. And uh, don't forget, you turn, exactly, the 240-point triumph was the key. Um, now, I don't know what to say about this list. Apart from, I'm probably going to run it. Because, number one, number one Jeremy has gone 5-0 already several times, this, this battle pack, yeah? He's doing incredibly well. Yeah, that, both on the West Coast, which doesn't really count, and also in other places, right? Uh, however, he's put... He's, he also went 5-0 with this list or 6-0 or something, an invitation with this list as well, right? It's, uh, Gotrek is an incarnate equivalent. I super agree with that statement, Russ. Yeah, but it's an amazing list. Imagine how much fun you would have painting up six Grimrath Berserkers that are all different and kitbashed. Yeah, a Gotrek and a Doomseeker, right? It's wicked cool, yeah? Uh, Gotrek is pretty good against an incarnate, honestly. Of course he is. Because he's going to win that fight, right? Yeah. Um, don't agree with me. That's weird. <laughs> he won the Nova Invitational with this too. He did also win the Nova Invitational with this too. So I'm hoping Jeremy's going to come on the show and talk about this at some point. Because I'm not going to bother to sully my words with this. I know a lot of this is the Grimrath Berserkers fight on death. It's kind of a key element of this. Um, but I'm going to let him speak for it. But it's an amazing list. And uh, he should be super proud of himself. Uh, although... Like he's just great. In the 4-1 bracket, and I'll just do this off the top of my head, uh, was Darren Watson uh, running Beast of Chaos. Was it an incarnate list? No, it just had Dragon Ogres, and it had like three times two, sorry, two times six um, Enlightened, basically, uh, only losing to Jeremy. Um, so, yeah, great list. One of the best lists in the game. Nate Turnerly with his Scarlet Doom Nighthorn um, had a bunch of Revenants and some other stuff. Mike Vaginos, uh, while... Uh, with a hole in his foot, uh, so Mike stepped on a uh, like a spike and was uh, limping for the rest of the weekend. Went four-one with bone splitters with loads and loads of big stabbers. Owen Jackson from Team Lit, a uh, little bit heartbreaking. Went four-one because this was with a Reign of Stars 2.0. 
right? So Rain and Stars, if you listen to the Rain and Stars show, then uh, we've only ever gone 3-2 so far. Owen the first with Rain and Stars to hit the 4-1 bracket. So congratulations to him. A Star Drake, two units of two Fulminators, a Slan, the Comet. Andy Trentinelli in the 4-1 with Blades of Corn running Scarbrand, pushing that around and making everything uh, do great. And there's just a, a bunch of heroes in here. Mike Maccabee, Ridge, James O'Brien, Mackenzie, Tom Ling, Marcella, Emma, Dayton, Jawanda, Singh, Jacob Berry, Gavin, Leo, um, uh, Joshua, Ryan, loads of people. Ryan Bryan. Uh, what, what, did I get? Oh, I didn't get I didn't get in as bottom table guy, unfortunately. Uh, Nicole's first event, Spencer, doing great. Tristan's very first event with a win. Uh, I think we should shout that out because Tristan has been listening to the Honest Wargamer since day one. So Tristan's first event at a GT with Sons of Behemoth, one and four, the only way is up, baby. Uh, so congratulations to all, all of you. Basil, doing great. Um, <laughs> Frederick McGrath, Brigada. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, great event. Uh, um, and you should all be super chuffed with yourselves. Uh, lovely love to do this. Our next event was in France, okay? And this was being held by the Order of the Mechanical Lion. This is the French Singles Cup Northwest, and it took place in Rennes. Or Rennes? 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 Uh-oh. Uh, in Rennes. Rennes! The Rhine. Uh, here's the top 10. Uh, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's differentials. Um, so they use differentials. So differentials first. So there's 5041 and 32 as usual. Okay. So they, what I mean by that is, is in AOS standard, I used it, uh, in AOS standard, uh, normally it's win loss draw. And then differential is secondary. So that's how much you win by becomes uh, the second tiebreaker uh, with 5-0 being, you know, 5041s being your normal tiebreaker in AOS standard. In AOS differential, uh, ah, see, it works so easy. There we go. We just nailed it, right? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, the... Uh, yeah, in uh, in differential, it's how much you win by, right? So you sometimes can go 3-2, but end up placing really well. So this is in France, and they have a lot of these singles cups. In first place, we had Boy and Nerd. Now, French also all have gamer names, gamer names for their players. Um, uh, and so Boy and Nerd came first. He went 4-1, but he had 80 points. He had... He had <laughs> he had drowned men and loads of Puskal Black Lords. Uh, in second place was Asbok uh, with Gotrek. He had Gotrek, Slan, Ashloth Manabara, Skink Priest, Purple Sun, two times two Salamanders, some Skinks, and Saurus Guard. Amazing stuff. Like Salam, I, like, I actually was thinking the other day, why don't we see why don't we see more Salamanders? I, I don't know why. That's kind of odd. Uh, Kaizo, who did go 5-0, but came third, uh, took Sons of Behemoth. He had three Gatebreakers and a Conspine. He can't go, so it's a Conspine list. Well done to him. Uh, Fimbia uh, was running a Magikin of Nurgle list with the Glockkin, Orgot's Demon Spew, Morbidex Tight, Twice Born, a Lord of Afflictions. Thank you, Tin Weasel, for subscribing. Two Puskal Blight Lords, and then two units of 10 Rockmire Creed. I've used Rockmire Creed recently. They are crazy. They are crazy. 14-inch shooting attack that if it does disease points to a unit, does disease points to other units within seven or three inches. One of those two. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. So good. In fifth place uh, was Ikabar. 
and Ikebar was running a crunch by an incarnate list. Uh, Askeladd, uh, who went 4-1 and in sixth place, was running a Seraphon list in Thunder Lizard with Croak, Star Priest, Priest, Ashtoth Banapera, Engine of the Gods with the Arcane Tome, um, and then Beastmaster uh, and Prime War Beast, and he had the Universal Prayer Curse. Some Camo Skinks, some Saurus Guards, some Saurus Knights, and Bastilled on with Arcosotic Solar Engine, Horogast and Chronomatic Cogs. Um, quite scared for Cogs changing, actually, because I think it's actually very good in Zinch, but um, I think he's good for the health of the game if it changes generally around the board. Um, uh, great list, I know. <laughs> Anthras was running Silverneth. He had Durthu, Warsong Revenant, and an Arch Revenant. Now, as a Tree Lord stand, thanks to Simon, I don't know if Simon's listening, but I hope he is. Um, uh, I'm a huge fan of Tree Lords. Uh, he wasn't running any of those, but he was running the Spirit of Durthu with the Green Gladius, which will wreck people's faces. A Warsong Revenant and an Arch Revenant, then 10 Dryads, six Colonel Hunters with Scythes. Three Revenant Seekers, three Spike Rider Lancers, and five Tree Revenants and Spike Swarm Hive. I really like this. I actually think I've come around to the idea of either running uh, Seekers in sixes, Seekers and Lancers in sixes, or in these threes uh, with the Colonel Hunters with the Scythes. I think if you're just relying on just doing Fight and Fade, you don't do enough damage. But if you do that along with some charges, or if you just yang out Durthu into them, I think you end up with like a lot of power, which is just really good. <laughs> uh, Hellscar was running uh, a beast, uh, sorry, a Crunchbind Incarnate list. Uh, James Clement, in ninth place, uh, was running a Lumineth Realm Lords list in Helon. Nice. Severith, two Hurricane Wind Spages, uh, well, sorry, Winds. <laughs> Wind Spirits, two Hurricane Wind Spirits, and a Hurricane Wind Mage. Then Wardens, Wardens, Sentinels, Sentinels, 40 Sentinels, two lots of 10 Wardens. I don't really know what I really want from the Lumineth lists in the future when I see it. I really like Wardens as a unit. They're exactly what you would want from like frontline infantry, especially in a more elite army, right? Like they do significant damage. They're survivable enough. They're good. They're just slow. And I don't want them to be fast because they're infantry with spears, right? So I think they do a good job. If they didn't have things like Sentinels or Ballistas, although Ballistas, I think, are, are nowhere near as egregious as Sentinels, then you would maybe see them being more aggro. I would quite like to see maybe Sentinels' output reduced even more um, so that you did end up with more of a fighty list coming out of Lumineth. I'm very interested to... Like, I, Lumineth is one of those interesting books where I think there's just a little bit... Too much impetus on making it an army that castles, and I think in the right context you could maybe make it an army that that does be aggressive. That said, though, Severith and three and two Hurricane Wind Spirits are some of the most mobile units in the game. You do have units that are going to go around and do all sorts of stuff, uh, and they're very unique. So in what they do and on their utility on the board state. So yeah, it's an interesting army. It's an interesting army, uh, and then in tenth place. Uh, nice silver list. Naru, ancient battle mage, branch wraith, scythes, lancers, six lancers in a unit. Uh, dryads, aether wings, revenants, and stuff. So that's everything over in France. France have a really cool kind of way of like building their their tournament system. They do six months of singles events, six months of team events. Um, they tend to rotate those. They've got like the uh, academy uh, where they build up their their player base. It's really cool, really effective way of doing it. Love it lots. Uh, so yeah, fantastic. So um, a shout out to everyone over in France. So to round us off and. A spectacular event. We had 30 teams of four, 120 players playing in Italy, in Italy's largest team tournament. Really exciting that they were able to get so many people playing at this event. Uh, and I got sent this uh, information over by um, 
Francesco. I want to make sure I get that right. Uh, so thank you to him. So he gave me a quick recap. Uh, and this was Italy's uh, Trials 2022, the Road to AOS Worlds. So this is where they're putting on a four-person team event to try and like try out all these people uh, for these this big event, basically. Anyway, this was a four-person team event held in Casal Monferrato in Italy on the 15th and 16th of October, my birthday. Uh, there was 30 teams for 120 players, making it the biggest AOS event ever in Italy. It was organized by Team Italy captain Andrea Epis uh, to look at the player base to form the 2023 AOS Worlds team for Italy. The top 14 teams move on to an invitational event at the end of November where the captains of the top 14 teams can attend with the same or another team composition. The event was played over four games in two days with a classic AOS Worlds pairing system, no duplicate options or artifacts. The scoring system was 20 differential like AOS Worlds and with a point cap of 60-20. So what they've effectively done is they've organized it giant team tournament as practice for worlds i think this is super cool i really like it the top three standings were basifans orsesto colesi and centura so congratulations to all of you uh, everyone in team basifans was francesco lorenzo basifa Lo- oh, francesco lorenzo samuel and tomaso uh, and congratulations to all of them i won't go through all the lists uh, because it's a team format. Uh, I will just say that it's really exciting to see um, big team events like this and for Italy to have this massive event, they've got to be over the moon. Formerly hosts of AOS Worlds, I know that they're really excited about doing better and better at these events in the future, so congratulations to them. Uh, congratulations to Team Bassi fans, um, <laughs> uh, and I hope you did really well. Um, really cool stuff, lovely to see. Uh, love to see, again, Age of Sigmar growing. So that's the end of the stat center this week, and not a particularly big one. I know leading into the event, the weekend coming up, we have eleven events in the weekend uh, next for to covering the next stat show. So it's going to be a monster show, um, a monster monster show, and uh, yeah, absolutely huge. The stats are about to be updated by Ziggy and Rob, so uh, the stats will go up live. So maybe the next show that I do might actually be on the stats and where the game sits at the moment. Um, definitely desperate, not desperate for the battle scroll update. I think I would like to see the battle scroll update because we see similar units all the time. Um, and I think the internal balance really needs an addressing as opposed to necessarily the external balance. My big worry is that uh, with some of the leaks that we've seen, uh, I, I don't want to end on a negative, so I'll, I'll bring it back up after. But uh, we've seen PC Chaos do really well, and we talked about it at the beginning of the show. But specifically, we saw them do really well because of that 4-plus rally. Seeing new books come out or new books on the horizon that we know is going to have a 4 rally means that we're already conscious of its effect. That said, some of those books also contain some of the best things we've seen for dealing with rally, right? We've got auras that, so here's the positive spin. We've got auras that shut down rally and inspiring presence. New Gargants, as an example, are going to change the shape of the game considerably. Specifically because new rally, uh, sorry, specifically specifically because you can't do inspiring presence near them. We've had horror gas for a little while and we've seen it be really popular in lists. But actually that kind of like, I turn off your rally, you have, um, uh, just by the existence of my unit, we've seen the new Slaves to Darkness stuff as an example really does mean that we might um, see that not as effective. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Um, the other big positives to take away from this weekend, of course, is just large events all across the world. Again, an event in France, Canada, the US, two, uh, England and Italy all in one weekend. Loads. Of, oh, gorgeous. New. Yeah, gorgeous is going to be able to turn off inspiring presence uh, within nine inches. Um, so, yeah, there's going to be some really good stuff from there. But, yeah, big events from around the world all again. And honestly, I think Age of Sigmar is just going from strength to strength. I think the players are having a great time. I think the events are getting better and better. 
Um, I think uh, understanding that the game is like, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think there's some changes that are needed. We're all hopeful for the Battle Scroll update. I'm about to sneeze, so I'm going to end the stream. Please subscribe to my page.